Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast, here with me, your host, Colton G. Today on this episode of the show, we're taking you behind the music with a creative force in guitarist, Murray Atkinson. Yes, when I say creative force, I mean it because Murray Atkinson is not only the guitarist for the aughts, he is not only the touring guitarist for one Stephen Page. Murray Atkinson has released two different instrumental EPs here in 2020, one rock guitar album named Mubla Tubed, one orchestral ambient album named Ethereum Divine, and we're taking you behind the music on both of these EPs, the inspirations behind them, the creative processes that went into Ethereum Divine and Mubla Tubed. We're going to be taking some time to dive into the world of video game music with Murray as well, as Murray produces soundtrack packages that independent game developers can pick up and add to their own little worlds. We're going to dive into the road that Murray traveled before he got the opportunity to join up with the odds. We're going to be talking about the importance of songwriting and writing to serve the song, not take away from the song. We're going to be diving into a whole lot here with one Murray Atkinson, and we're going to be kicking it all off so very soon. But before we do, we're going to play a song, and we need to let you know that this episode is brought to you today by Desert Tiger merch.com because that's where you go to pick yourself something up for the show to represent it everywhere you go and with the holiday season approaching fastly you're gonna want to move on this i warned you last episode we're getting low on tubes we're getting low we're selling out in smalls for a lot of our things we're super low on anything above an xl Things are moving, and I don't think I'm going to get a reorder in before the holiday season. So if you want what is left, you gotta move now. DesertTigerMerch.com Now, now it's time that we got the vibe going right for this conversation with Murray Atkinson. Why don't we do it with a track off of Amubla? Tubed, this is the lead track off of the EP. This is Grinding.
the Desert Tiger Podcast. Hello, my name is Colton G. I'm with the Desert Tiger Podcast, and I'm looking for Murray Atkinson. Well, you found him. How's it going, Colton? Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you today, Murray? Fantastic. I'm doing good. I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Things are good. Awesome. Awesome. So we're connecting today to talk a little bit about your musical journey and some of the things you got going on. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a been a good busy uh, a good busy year. Well, a good busy couple a couple of years. Um <laughs> obviously this year didn't turn out turn out to be quite as busy as I'd hoped. Uh, you know, getting out there and playing and stuff kind of all came to a crash and a halt in March, as we all know, but um it's been it's been yeah, it's been music has just been what I've done my whole life, right? So it's been a long journey, but here we are. Let's talk about it. Yes, yes, of course. So it's been very productive, even given a lot of the situation, and we're gonna give we're gonna get there soon enough. But of course, I want to give the uh, listeners of the show a little bit of that background of that musical journey before we lead into all of what you have going on right now. So let's take that little bit of a dive here. Cool. Obviously, for some of our guests, they may know you for your time with a group like The Odds or some of your other projects, but where exactly mm. did your guitar prowess begin to be built? <laughs> Sitting by myself in my bedroom, practicing endlessly and relentlessly as a, uh, as a, confused, as a confused teenager trying to figure out life and going, Jesus Christ. Life is crazy. I'm just going to sit here and play my guitar. How's that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was always, it was kind of my, uh, it was kind of my, it was just, I, I you know, it's, when I was in college, actually, when I was in music college is, is when I really put the foot on the gas pedal and, and I just became so passionate about, uh, at that point I became really, really passionate about creating music, about writing my own music. Um, and I just, got really, I really wanted to get into the guitar and I wanted to, you know, build my technique to the point where I can play whatever it was that I wanted to be able to play. You know, I was really influenced by guys like Steve Vai and Eddie Van Halen and Jimi Hendrix and all those, all those, all those guys. And I wanted to be able to play what they did. So to certain levels of success, I, I you know, I was able to learn some of their things, but I, I would be lying if I said I could play everything. Uh, that they they do those guys some of the stuff they do is just seems untouchable so you know I I don't know I kind of just honed my own my own technique until I got up to the place where I felt comfortable doing my own thing and then it was just songwriting writing creating creating and and uh, exploring that side of things which ultimately was always what I was more interested in anyways was uh, was creating songs I mean I used to. I remember sitting at the piano. I took piano lessons my, my whole childhood. I started when I was four and took 15 years of classical piano lessons. And, you know, I remember sitting at the piano when I was 10 or 11 and playing these things and then doing it again and then doing it again and kind of realizing that, hey, I just created something. I just made, I, I took these notes that I've been playing for years and did them in this order and I just kind of made up my own little melody. It's like, that's actually kind of cool. And, you know, my, uh, my dad was a piano, my dad is, was a piano player, and he kind of poke his head around, around the, the, the corner and go, hey, that sounds, that sounds good. What is that? Hmm. And I was like, I don't know, I just made it up. So I kind of realized at an early age that, you know, I can write my own things. And 
and uh, and it was really rewarding. It was just so 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 cool to sit at a piano and and create something, make so, and make something up and go, I made that, I did that, and you know, I mean, I, that was kind of it. I was kind of hooked. I was kind of hooked, and then you know, I mean, I was into rock bands. So <clears throat> uh, when I was fourteen, I my uncle lent me his, his Les Paul and I got my first electric guitar. And at that point it was just all about, you know, learning kiss songs and Van Halen songs and all that kind of stuff. And it, yeah, man, I don't know. I just never, I never looked back. It was just always like, Nope, I'm going to do music. Music is, is what I want to do with my life. I want to create, I want to write. And, uh, here we are, right? <laughs> Years later, I'm still, still managing to, still managing to do it. So, so I've been blessed in, in that, in that, in that sense. Hey, not a lot get to, so definitely a blessing for sure growing through the music, like you said, with having a father as a musician too. Yeah, the whole family was musical. My dad, uh, you know, he's, he's actually an amazing piano player. He, he's, he's far more advanced than, than I. He's, he's like the pianist in the family. And, and you know, my uncle and my aunt, they, they play guitar and everyone sings and uh, my dad's dad, my grandpa played piano. My great grandpa played trumpet uh, in the local big band until he was eighty, you know, eighty years old. You know, music's just always been in the family. Every every family reunion or get together, somebody always pulls out guitars and there's always sing along. So I grew up, you know, singing along and and jamming along when everyone's singing Eagles and Creedence Clearwater and all that, you know, Beatles and. And that kind of stuff. So I grew up in a musical family, which it was always it was always around. So um, this is kind of a natural progression, I think. You know. Hmm. For sure. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you spent some time in university, not only studying music in class, but also inside of your bedroom. At what point do you yeah. actually break out of that bedroom and start getting into bands, maybe hitting the road a little bit? But that that kind of went hand in hand with that. Uh, I mean, in high school, I kind of jammed around with some guys locally here, but uh, I didn't join my first band until I was in college when I was 18. And uh, we did some gigs for the local, uh, uh, for the, uh, like the end of year kind of school dance and and stuff, and then ended up playing in, in uh, that same band and just playing in, in pubs and clubs <clears throat> around Nanaimo um, on Vancouver Island, which is where I was going to college. And uh, it kind of that's that it kind of went hand in hand with that. So when I wasn't playing in clubs, I was <laughs> spending a lot of time at home just working on learning stuff, right? So that I could. Uh, it's funny when I was eighteen, I joined. And it's eighteen or nineteen, I joined this band, and we kind of had a little bit of a revolving door of of musicians kind of coming in and out. And at one point, uh, we had another. There was always two guitar players. It was always me and somebody else. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really good enough at that point to really handle all the lead guitar stuff and play with the rhythm. So, but it was funny at one point, uh, the other guitar player in the band was, was this guy who I was actually taking lessons from. <laughs> so he's like, okay, well, I guess I know who's getting all the guitar solos and gets to be the cool guy out front, but that's cool. I'll just stand back here and, and play and, and watch and learn. Right. And then he played some amazing stuff and I'd go to his house for a lesson and to be like, Hey, what did you play at that last gig? Show me that solo you did in the immigrant song. So, you know, he was showing me all his custom licks that he made up and, and that was huge. That was huge. Just watching and learning from guys and going, checking out all the local, I mean, there's a lot of fantastic musicians around, around back then. And there's never a shortage of guys to go watch. 
And and that's what I did. And traveled around. I mean, I didn't tour extensively probably until I was like 22 or 23. And then I just, I was like, you know what, I'm going to join a cover band. And we would go and travel around BC and Alberta. We'd go out for like 11, 12 weeks at a time. And that was kind of back in the day when you could, you know, you'd drive, you'd drive on a Sunday, you'd go to the next town and you'd play five nights uh, at a bar, at a club, at a, at a, at a whatever. And just learning, just, you know, I ended up learning just hundreds and hundreds of cover songs, which was great. You learn a lot of stuff. You learn what they do. You learn what they play. Um, and then somewhere along, and then the whole time I was doing that, I was just kind of taking it all and, and writing my own stuff on, on the side as well. And always documenting and recording. I mean, I used to, I used to go on the road and take a, take a four track recorder with me and, and, uh, you know, if we're, we're staying at a hotel or whatever for the, uh, for the week we're in, at a certain town and I would spend my days writing and recording my own stuff. Right. And then we'd go and play at the club at night. So it was kind of full on all the time. I was always writing music or playing music. And I think that was, you know, at a certain point I kind of realized I had a, a, a thing going with, with kind of you know, trying to starting to develop my own style and my own voice. It definitely took a while, you know. I listen. I listen back to the stuff that I was writing when I was a teenager, and I go, "Oh my God, it just sounds so much like what I was listening to at the time." It's like, <laughs> "Oh my God, I was trying to rip off Van Halen, trying to rip off Kiss, and all this, you know, without even realizing you're doing it." But that's that's kind of where you start, right? You start by imitating, and then eventually, uh, you 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 find you find your own voice in that. Um, even though you're always kind of still imitating, but you find a, a fresh new way to uh, to do it, right? So you find how to meld those influences together and sort of make it your own. Yeah, and then you find you find what you really like in all those things. You find what it is that you you want to say. What drives you? I mean, sometimes I'll play a guitar if and I go, ah, eh, that that doesn't work for me. Um, it might work for somebody else who listens to and has different influences. So, but you kind of get to a point where you become your own judge and you, and you, I mean, I know what, I know what I like when I play it, when I, even if it's an accident, you know, a lot of, a lot of songs I've written have been written by accident. I play it, play a riff, um, just a random riff and you go, Oh, that's kind of cool. So, so yeah, I mean, a lot of things, uh, things are done, done that way. But I think for me, I just, I kind of know what I like and I know what I want to hear. And so, you know, so at a certain point along the way, I realized that I'm writing and recording all this music and kind of doing it for myself because I want to listen to it back. I want to hear it because I actually like to listen to it. You know, there's I don't not everything, but the things that kind of come out right, you go, I can listen to that. I could, I could actually sit and listen to that over and over again because I enjoy it. It's what I like to listen to. It comes from all those influences you know, external musical influences that I like to listen to. And it gets to a point where if you can, if you like what you're creating, um, man, I think you could do it forever, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I like to work by myself because I can just really focus in and, and really chase and bring out and find what it is that I want to hear. Uh, you know, whether or not it's, it's what other people want to hear is that's always the, uh, the gamble, right? Yes. And I mean, that's why a lot of artists bring in producers because, you know, I mean, some, some artists are going for the, they're going for the million sales. They want to bring in a producer who can help shape their ideas into something that everyone else is going to for sure want to hear. But I, I didn't really want to go down that road. I'm, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in mass 
appeal. You know, I don't want, I don't really want to water, I, I wouldn't say water it down because maybe it would actually make the music better, but I just want to bring out, I just want to express my music as much as I can, you know, and as well as I can. So, so I usually work by myself. I just do it all myself besides, uh, the one thing I don't do is play drums. <laughs> I'm not dumb enough to try that. <laughs> but I always do hire. I always do hire out hire my buddy Pat from the Odds, and uh, and go do drums at a proper studio. But uh, other than that, I just try and do everything myself, just just to express it as as clearly as I can. So, yeah, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But it's yeah, it's just the way I do it. So. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to explore all of the uh, various directions that your mind wants to create as well. Yeah, and that can be a problem because every day it could be a different direction, right? It's uh, <laughs> you gotta you gotta tame that horse and rein it in at a certain point. And well, I, at a certain point, I was able to kind of look at my you know my library of stuff, music sitting on the hard drive, and go, you know what? I think I've got enough tunes here to to put together as an EP. So that's, uh, that's what ended up becoming the, uh, the mother tubed EP. But I mean, that's maybe a 10th, uh, a hundredth of the, the half baked and half finished ideas I've got sitting on hard drives. Right. So at a certain point, I just, every, every day is a bit different. Some days I want to work on rock music. Some days I want to, I want to sit and make orchestral based music or, you know, really ambient piano-based music. Every every day is a little bit different, but it gets to a point where uh, you kind of assimilate enough material, and then it's like, okay, let's let's focus on this. Let's take it from being eighty percent done. Let's finish it off uh, and get it out there. So, yeah, that's that's what ended up happening this year was that I was actually finally able to get something out. So felt good to <laughs> felt good to release felt good to release that EP and and uh, get it done. You know. Mm-hmm. And it also allowed you the opportunity to get out other things. Was Ethereum Divine also one of those projects where you found you had a lot of the sounds already in that collection and it just had to be polished up? Yeah, exactly. I I, uh, I made a bunch of different tunes. There was, I mean, there's even more. There was more songs I could have put on that EP as, and the same for, for Mublet too. I could have probably released nine or ten, ten songs and made a, made a full-length album, but I just wanted to kind of get it done and get it out instead of spending adding a few extra months to it all right I just wanted to get it done get it out and yeah the ethereum divine thing was the same thing I was like you know what I got I think I think it's six songs I think it's six songs I was like you know what they're, they're polished they're at the point where they where they could sound good I, I went back you know and I was like okay I'm gonna release these six songs and I think over the next few days I listened to it on on the speak on, on the headphones when I was you know out walking the dog and make I'd stop and make notes on my phone. And uh, I just got to the point, yeah, where it's like, okay, I've got enough for an EP. I'm just going to put this out. And there's probably half of another EP that's almost ready to go uh, that I could re- that I would I will re- uh, release at some point next year. But yeah, that's that's kind of just that's. I mean, that's how I work. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. just how I do it because I do everything on 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 my own. So. Yeah, it's going to be a matter of just releasing whatever's ready to go. Uh, what you know, I don't know what's going to be next. To be honest, I have no idea what's going to be what's going to be ready next. <laughs> I mean, I can make a list and uh, and try and stick with it, but I know that my creative day by day mood swings is going to pro- probably pull me off off of uh, off schedule. But 
you know, I don't mind also doing that because when the inspiration strikes, I think you really have to, you ha- you have to chase it. And I mean, it might pull you off schedule, but you might end up creating something fantastic that you can, that you can release somewhere else later on down the road. Right. So I'd like to try and at least give the, uh, creative impulse, uh, a little bit of time and, and see if, see if it's worth chasing. Uh, and day by day, man, it, it, yeah, it could just be different, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it is if you ch- take that idea and you just try and push it off and remember it later, you might not have quite the same feeling to that idea as you did that the day that you came up with it. No, exactly. And I think your, people have their, everyone's got their own idiosyncrasies and, and ways that if you give one idea to 10 different people, they're going to come back with 10 completely different songs. So I know that people, and also I know that I've got habits. So if I, if I sit with something too long, my habits will end up molding it into something that kind of sounds predictably like, it's like, oh yeah, that's what I would do. That's what Murray Atkinson would do with that idea. But I find when something just pops, pops out and it's super fresh, it can be something that doesn't maybe sound exactly what I would typically do. And trying to capture it before your own personality kind of smothers it is a really interesting challenge and trying to think outside of your own box. Sometimes that leads to the, to the craziest, most interesting things, right? Like I have never really meant to make an ambient EP, but it just kind of happened. So yeah, being able to, being able to chase those ideas when they happen and try and capture that magic when it happens uh, it can be a really, it can be a really rewarding, rewarding process if it, I mean, <laughs> if it all goes right. Sometimes it doesn't go right, you know, mm-hmm. but it doesn't go right all the time. But, uh, but when it does, man, it's, it's really rewarding. And, and uh, I think that's when the, uh, the fresh, you know, the, the freshest stuff can be made is when you get your ego out of the way, you get your, all that stuff out of the way and just let the music speak, speak through you. Um, that can be hard and that can be tricky, but I think, I think that's the ultimate, uh, challenge for for a lot of artists and a lot of creators is is to be able to let that speed through and and capture it uh capture whatever way you can you know
Desert Tiger Podcast. For sure. So let's talk about some of that capturing for, say, in the term of Mooblitubed, because you also mentioned earlier the influence of some of the guitar legends like Steve Vai, but also the importance of songwriting, making sure that what you're writing fits the moment. So what was it like to strike the balance on Mooblitubed? Well, when I realized I was going to put out an instrumental guitar EP, I mean, it's, it's such a niche genre. I mean, you, 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 you just say those words, instrumental rock guitar, and you think, okay, there's going to be somebody playing shredding. He's going to have great technique. He's going to be soloing and, and showing off. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I think. I mean, that, that genre has been so stereotyped, and it, I mean, it kind, of, it kind of pigeonholed itself into that for sure. But I think there's, you know, all stereotypes and stuff aside, I think there's still a lot of room in that genre for some, for some good music. Um, the balance and the trick uh, that I, or the, the balance that I tried to, to find with, with uh, Mublitude was to, you know, it's guitar instrumental music. I mean, so how do you, how do you make it? How do you make it not just be that stereo, stereotypical uh, dude shredding over, over chord changes? So, it's, you know, there's, there's got to be melody, there's got to be, you know, and sometimes shredding is okay. I'm not saying don't shred for the sake of not shredding, but, you know, that's, that's fine when it needs to be done. Um, but uh, again, that the most important thing is to capture the song, to capture the idea. And, you know, I don't know, again, it's, it's, it's up to interpretation. If people like it, that's great. If they don't, but I think I, I think I found a pretty good balance where it's some of the other tunes are fun, they're exciting, there's melody, um, there's a little bit of guitar soloing here and there, but ultimately I think the songs themselves uh, were strong enough that they warranted to be on on the EP. So, and that's 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 the balance that I think is really tricky to find. You know, don't get me wrong. I love to shred. I like playing fast. It's fun and it's exciting. But I didn't want to make a guitar shredder EP uh, that would be pigeonholed to too much like that. You know, if, if that if that makes any sense. Hmm. Try and break up a, the genre a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if you listen to and uh, one of the guys that kind of influenced I've been listening to over the past ten, fifteen years is Jeff Beck. And of course, he's known for the for what he did back in the sixties and seventies and being a guitar legend. But he's also still putting out albums, and they're absolutely fantastic albums. It's a guitar guy, but it doesn't sound like your typical guitar guy stuff. The production is amazing. The uh, there's a lot of great programming using all the modern tools, and and it's the the, the music speaks volumes. And then his guitar playing is just the icon on top, right? So. For me, it's all about songs, man. It's got to be a good song. It's got to be a good riff. It's got to it's got to do something for you. It has to have an emotional effect, and that's always the the balance that I'm that I'm trying to find with it. Okay, fantastic. In the last decade, you've also been pushing into the world of video game music. So, what inspired that? Are you a very big video game fan? I'm not much of a gamer, no, but I love. Or, I mean, most of the stuff I do for the for the game developer music packs that I've made 
Uh, most of it is orchestral-based stuff. So, and, and the, now the, the the sample libraries that they've got out these days for recreating, you know, digital orchestrations. The sample libraries are so fantastic and so realistic sounding. That's something that I just, I just another one of those things that I always wanted to do. I mean, I again, I grew, I, I took classical piano lessons for 15 years, and. You know, I thought that I was—I I didn't really—I didn't really like it when I was when I was taking classical piano, but I was exposed to it a lot, and had an appreciation for those composers. And you listen to what they did with the or- orchestras, for orchestras and symphonies, and it's just—it's amazing. And nowadays, it's kind of—it's kind of funny. There's so much orchestral music out there with guys like you know what Hans Zimmer is doing with soundtracks, and you know, I was a huge fan of—I love. Um, the soundtrack to Skyrim, which is actually probably was, was a big influence on on the Ethereum Divine uh, EP, was all that really sparse ambient stuff. But the game music thing, I got into it because there were some opportunities, and it was it was just refreshing, you know. It was refreshing to kind of switch gears and and play with the orchestral libraries and create something in a completely different style, you know, and then I'll, I'll do that for, a, you know, a few weeks or something, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be, my God, I need to rock again, and then it's time to pick up the guitar and rock, and then it, and then it feels, you know, it feels fresh at that point, and then after a week of rocking, it's like, ah, I want to go back, I want to do some more orchestral stuff, so it's always kind of fresh when it cycles around, so I, I, I ended up investing quite a bit in, uh, in a bunch of virtual sample or orchestral sample libraries and and then man it's just fun i mean i love the process of creation and it's fun just sitting with those libraries and and playing the keys on the keyboard and 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 hearing the sounds that come out of the speakers is is a lot of times is really inspiring so um it's something that i love to do i love i love composing i've always loved composing and now that they make these sample libraries that it's it's just so easy to create stuff for flutes and cellos and trombones and all those or- orchestral instruments are so so convincing now with these new sample libraries. It it really is a treat to sit with sit with them and and create that kind of stuff. So so yeah, that's I mean that's something that I'll continue to do. Right? It's again, it's just about being creative in different capacities, and that's what that's what drives me and motivates me. Right. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and especially in a year like this one where, like you've mentioned before, going out on the road, sharing the stage with your friends in the odds and Stephen Page maybe isn't an option right now, so gives you a little bit more time to maybe craft. Yeah, this this year has been, yeah, man, I mean, I've, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm not out on weekends playing gigs and stuff, so I've had a lot more time at home, which means a lot more time for being creative, which has been very productive on that front, which has been fantastic. Um, but I absolutely, of course, man, I absolutely do miss playing and hanging out with those guys. It's, it's, I mean, it's fantastic playing with the odds and also with the odds as Stephen Page's band. The music is fantastic. I love, I love playing with those guys. But man, it's so much fun just hanging out with those guys. They're such good people, and 24/7, man, it's just, it's, it's constant comedy and 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 a lot of fun. So I really do miss hanging out and going out with those with the chums and the buddies but um you gotta do what you gotta do right i mean we can't do it it's just one of those industries that's not the reality is it's not going to come back for a while so so everyone's just gotta stay productive how however they can it's uh it's a bit of a bit of a drag but it is what it is so 
Hey, exactly. It is, but you have to do what you can. And like you mentioned, there are a few things coming out in the future, like maybe another follow-up ambient album, maybe a follow-up to Mubla Tubed. What else possibly is coming down the pipe for Murray Atkinson here at the end of 2020, the beginning of 2021? Well, I'm really hoping to get this. Uh, I ended up writing a, it turned into a 13 minutes instrumental six song suite. Um, it's kind of rock instrumental thing, but uh, it's about six different ideas that I just stuck them together. And it's like, wow, that actually all works as one big, long, epic uh, I mean, a suite is the best way to describe it. So um, it's obviously quite a bit of work, um, and that was all basically composed during this this uh, this shutdown. It's like the first when this when this whole pandemic happened in March. I don't I don't think I wrote anything for like the last two weeks of March. I was just kind of in this weird headspace, this zone where it was like I couldn't focus, I couldn't be creative, trying to make sense of what was going on in the world and stuff. And then I think once I came to terms with it, the start of April, man, it just poured out. And uh, one of the first things that kind of happened was this instrumental suite of, of six different ideas. And, and um, I basically kind of wrote it how it exists right now. It, it, it's finished. It just needs to be, I, I got to put real drums on it and I got to re- replay a bunch of things, but it kind of, again, it's one of those things that almost, it almost wrote itself. You know, I get to the end of one idea and then the next thing would pop into my head. It's like, yes, it should go there. And it kind of transitions from these heavy rocking guitar parts, these mellow uh, piano based things. And then it kind of builds back again into a rocking guitar part. So that's coming out and coming down the pipe slowly, probably be ready in 2021. Um, I've got, also a follow-up to Mubla Tubed in the works, a follow-up to Ethereum Divine. And also, um, I'm going to re-release an album that I actually put out 10 years ago. Uh, it's called Salt March, and it's a full-on rock record with vocals and, and everything. And uh, I had, a, I, I had a signed a deal with an indie label uh, 10 years ago, and, the, and the, uh, that deal expired, and the rights to the masters have reverted back to me. So... So that's on the schedule for a uh, re-release in 2021 as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, lots, lots is going to be coming, coming out soon. So it's just a matter of getting it all done and, and prepped and ready to go. Wow, you definitely sounds like you have been staying productive for sure. Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. And then, of course, the odds, we've got, uh, we've been all, I've been working on odds stuff as well here at home. And we are, uh, I'd say we're like 90%, probably closer with that. So you'll probably hear some new odds stuff coming out uh, first before anything of mine comes out. But um, yeah, we're we're basically got like a ten or twelve song album almost ready to go. So, so that's coming out too, man. So yeah, lots of stuff coming out. I mean, it has been productive. Um, so yeah, lots lots to look forward to. Nice. I love to hear it. I love to hear it, especially as a fan of a uh, corner gas. Oh, yeah. Having heard the odds open up that show for years, I'm always always excited for some more odds. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Have you seen the uh, the animated series? Um, a friend of mine actually just sent it to me like two days ago, so I still need to jump into it. Okay, right. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, so so Craig, uh, Craig Norby, lead singer, odds, um, he's been composing 
for the the, uh, the animated series. So that's all him doing the music on there, which uh, which is which is great. He does it, and we just did a uh, we just did, we've we've done a few things on that as well. He's we've we've all kind of chipped in, and at various points, all of us odds guys have played on some of that. So if you're an odds fan, uh, check out the Corner Gaff animated series because uh, that's all. It's a lot of a lot of odds guys got their fingers all over that. <laughs> if you're a Corner Gas fan, you need to check it out too for sure. Absolutely, yep. All right. Well, Murray, I want to thank you so much for joining us here to tell us a little bit about your journey up to this point, about Mooblatubed, about Ethereum Divine, and about everything else you have coming up in the future, including a 13-minute rock suite. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, thanks, dude. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and thanks for the opportunity to, to chat about it all. It's been great. Yes, yes it has been, and I hope that you, the ambush, feels the same way. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Murray Atkinson. I hope you enjoyed the songs that we played for you today off of his EP, Mooblet Tubes. At the beginning of the show, we played Grinding, and in the middle of this episode we played stumble for you you can find mooblatubed in its entirety on your favorite music streaming service while you're there you can also find ethereum divine two very different vibes to get you going and while you're there you might as well hit follow so that when he drops that 13 minute rock is so wait on ya it's gonna be on your phone in your hands in your ears a s a p and now it's time for those final dtp roaring thank yous and the first roaring dis a tiger thank you goes to murray atkinson for joining us here on today's episode of the show and i have to go ahead and thank the wonderful eric albert big old ea you know we got mad love for ea here on this show and last but not least it is you the loyal dedicated ambush if you have yet to join up with the am well let me tell you it is super easy it's as easy as hitting subscribe follow on the podcast listening service you're using right now if you've already done that you can also help the show grow one of three all of three different ways two of them are free and that's the best part one of those is sharing this episode on your social media with your friends with your family anyone who you think would enjoy it do that if you tagged the desert tiger podcast me the colton g or murray atkinson we can show you some love you can also review the show with a big old five stars you can also help us out by heading on over to deserttigermerch.com and copping yourself something to represent the show ah yeah and next Tuesday, November the 10th, 2020 on the Desert Tiger Podcast. We are joined by Jordan Pollard. Yes, country singer, song, writer Jordan Pollard is making quite a splash. 
and we're going to be diving into the details behind the music next Tuesday, and I cannot wait for you to join me then. But until then, you know what it is. I want you to go out and find your mountaintop, to find your oasis, the thing that makes your heart sing and scream to its fullest capacity, its passion, to its fullest glory. Find that thing, craft that thing, grow with that thing, and when your roar is finally ready to let out, let that roar out across that mountaintop, that valley, let that roar out across that oasis, that waterfront. And when you let the world know how wondrous your roar is, just how beautiful you can be, and I'm going to say it again, because we don't hear it enough, so you are beautiful, and share it with the world. Please do. And until next week, bye-bye. And keep on grinding.